Yo, this yo, yo. Yo, 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 football fans, Big D in the house with a little question and answer football segment on the Big D podcast. Before I bring in Alex, please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page. We can see all content uploaded a video yesterday. Also, starting next week, Alex and I will go through each division, give us uh, give our picks for who's going to win, who's going to Shine for fantasy, and uh, unfortunately, who's going to snooze? So, so check out the Big D podcast on Spotify and Apple. So, back from annoying us this past weekend with five to eight inches of rain and some twenty or thirty mile an hour winds, it's Hurricane Alex. <laughs> well, thank you for that lovely uh, uh, introduction, Dylan. It's glad to be back. You know, I had a had a busy weekend. You know. Uh, kind of traveling up the uh, Caribbean, up to the state of Florida, wrecking some havoc, but uh, I'm settled down now. I think uh, bringing some sunshine and some good energy. So uh, it's nice to be back on the show. It's nice to be talking some NFL. So I uh, can't wait to get into it. Yeah, I sort of knew when Alex became, when that storm was coming to Florida, I'm like, it's either going to hit you or it's going to hit, uh, hit me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it seems like, you know, growing up on the East Coast and then moving down to uh, the Southwest Florida, I mean, I'm, I'm going to know someone who's going to be getting hit by either a tropical storm or a hurricane. It's either going to be where I am or where my friends are. So, uh, you know, it, I mean, we got some rain up here and then some wind. Uh, it was definitely a wet weekend, but, um, you know, overall, it was nothing too crazy. Nothing, no, no shutters on windows or anything like that. Yeah, no 19 inches of rain either. All right. Like some models predicted, but um, we'll save that for hurricane season. So, uh, you know, Alex, uh, th- this new football season is coming around the corner, and uh, I've got. And my first question to you is, who, what team has improved the most from last season? All right, you know, there's definitely a couple different routes. Uh, I'm just gonna do a quick shout out because you know I have to. Uh, the Miami Dolphins are an honorable mention. You know, I'm not going to spend too much time talking about them because I always do. But the addition of Tyreek Hill, we got some speed in the running back room. A young offensive guru at head coach to come in and uh, really take uh, Tua's talents to the next level with some defensive upgrades as well. Miami Dolphins are definitely in the conversation, but uh, I will save my bias for another time. Uh, I'm definitely going to go with, I think the Cincinnati Bengals made some really good moves off this offseason. I mean, you got to think as a Super Bowl as a Super Bowl uh, uh, contender, uh, not even contender, but playing in the Super Bowl, it's uh, it's kind of hard to really go up from there. But, you know, they were in on the the, the Armstead race when it came to uh, upgrading their offensive line. I mean, everyone, that the entire talk before the 2021 draft, not the 2022 draft, but the 2021 draft was the Cincinnati Bengals were going to give Joe Burrow uh, his guy, uh, uh, Jamar Chase from LSU, or if they were going to address that offensive line and uh, kind of solidify and protect their quarterback, which everyone kind of seemed like, you know, it was a toss up for, for a while there. And um, I, I know I was on the, you got to protect your quarterback train, but obviously the Cincinnati Bengals took Jamar Chase last year and it definitely uh, paid off in a very significant way. But this year, you know, it was finally time they had that stud receiver. They've got T. Higgins. They've got a lot of Joe Mixon, a lot of offensive weapons. 
And they really address the offensive line uh, group this offseason, especially with the big signing, Leo Collins. And I think that one signing alone, protecting Joe Burrow's blindside, giving him a, uh, a foundation on the offensive line that they can really build around is going to do. I mean, it, it's it, it's crazy that we're talking about a team who improved the most. And I bring up a team that was in the Super Bowl last season. But I mean, we know how important offensive line is to especially Super Bowl contending teams. I mean, we saw it in the Chiefs Tampa Bay Super Bowl. We saw it in the last Super Bowl. You cannot win a Super Bowl without a strong offensive line. And the Cincinnati Bengals shocked everyone by getting to the Super Bowl last year with a subpar to average offensive line. And then you bring in one of the best uh, outside linemen in the NFL, especially from that talented Dallas Cowboys offensive line and Leo Collins. I think the, the Cincinnati Bengals are in it to win it again this year. I think you've got the right conference, but you got the wrong team. Let's see. Who was the Denver Broncos? Who were the Denver Broncos quarterbacks last year? Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. Yep. And they added a guy, added a guy who's won a Super Bowl and will be in Shrine Cannon one day. Some guy you may have heard of. I I can't remember his name. Let Russ cook? Mm, you mean let Russ eat? Russell. <laughs> Either way. Yep. Oh, he's just taking a drink. He's like, I, that's 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 my take. No, my take no, um, no, I mean, when you go from Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke to Russell Wilson, you're already better. But that wasn't it. The Broncos also added uh, Randy Gregory, the a great pass watcher, if he can keep his head on straight. The versatile defense, not a versatile defensive lineman, together with Two uh, very good two-headed backfield. I really like uh, Williams, the young run, running back from North Carolina. I think Melvin Gordon, whether you like him or not, will probably score like 10, 12 touchdowns and just handcuff the crap out of everybody. <laughs> but here's why I think the Denver Broncos could be as good, if not better, potentially in the last few Seahawks teams. They've, they've not only got two good receivers. You could argue they've got three good receivers with Jerry Judy, Colton Sutton, KJ Ham. I mean, the Broncos have stacked a wide receiver, and I think Denver's got a really good, really good secondary, because not only are they great on the back end with Justin Simmons, but they drafted the uh, Alabama corner Patrick Patrick Sertan Jr. last year, so Denver's really good at Secondary, good at good pass rushers. If Bradley Chubb stays healthy, good on the corner, wide receiver, great left half on Garrett Bowles, and a whole thing quarterback. Plus, I think that Dan, plus, it's about time Russell Wilson got an offensive play caller in the Daniel Hackett. Yeah, you know, you, you made great points there. I think, uh, Obviously, Melvin Gordon is um, a great asset for the Denver Broncos as a running back and part of their running back room fantasy football players. However, Melvin Gordon is probably going to be the biggest pain in the you-know-what because I think Javante Williams has everything to be a workhorse back, to be that guy in fantasy football. But that that Melvin Gordon, man, him, him taking touches, you're right. I mean, he's going to score touchdowns this season. He's probably going to be the goal line back. 
He's going to take a lot of production away from Javante Williams. I think it's going to work great for the Denver Broncos. I think having two two running backs of that caliber is going to be a, a great asset for them going forward, especially uh, uh, on the offensive, offensive side of the football. But, man, for fantasy football, I mean, they were talking about Melvin Gordon thinking about moving on to a different team and uh, them re-signing him. I know, I know a lot of Javante Williams truthers who uh, were not too happy about that news, but – no, I, I definitely agree. I mean, obviously, Russell Wilson, like you said, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. I mean, it's going from Drew Locke slash Teddy Bridgewater to a Hall of Fame quarterback is going to make any team, uh, any football team better. But uh, yeah, no, I, th- I think I think you I think you've got good good takes there. I I think also the 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 um, L. A. Chargers deserve a shell too because I mean, being able to bring in a guy like Khalil Mack, it's it's just the all we know what the Chargers can do. On, on offense with Justin Herbert and Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and, and, um, oh my God. Uh, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler, but bringing in a, an absolute unit on the defensive side of the ball, um, is going to be really big for that Chargers team too. So I think that they deserve a shout out as well, but, uh, let's move on. Uh, you know, there's, there's, if that's okay with you, Dylan, uh, you know, there's always winners of an offseason. There's always teams that uh, make some big improvements going into the offseason, but there's always got to be teams that uh, that make a regression. So uh, I want to hear a team that you think uh, has uh, kind of flipped the script and is going in the wrong direction going into the 2022 season. Talk about a strange offseason, but you could argue the New England Patriots offseason was one of the strangest I have ever seen. Let's see. Yeah. J.C. Jackson's this young cornerback making plays all over the field last year. And what happened? The Patriots let him go and Chargers picked him up. And you look at – and New England has traded for Devontae Parker, but yet the Patriots needed speed. You know this because you've seen Devontae Parker play in Miami. Is he going to win the 4 by 100 and the 100-meter dash? He sure isn't. He's going to win a jump ball, but he's not going to be run, running by people. And plus, and plus, with New England, that's a complicated scheme. You've got Jacoby Myers. You've got some guys. Not all New England's free agent additions worked well last year. Plus, I might New England Patriots draft was one of the strangest I have ever seen from – I've ever seen. And not just because the first guy they chose. Right. That being Cole Strange, the uh, offensive lineman from Tennessee, Chattanooga. I never heard of this guy before the draft. Never heard of him. And a second or third round grade. Or fourth round grade. Or fourth, yeah. And drafted him with the 29th football pick when you could have gotten him on day two or day three. Yeah, absolutely. And then the second round, New England drafted a Tyquan Thornton, the wide receiver from Baylor, who lit up the combine running, what, a sub-4-3 in the underwear Olympics. But Mm -hmm. uh, you know New England's – but uh, New England's history of drafting wide receivers is – Probably worse than Manchester United signing managers and midfielders since uh, Sir Alex Ferguson retired. You really had to go there, didn't you, Dylan? That's all I could. Hey, hey, I've got to dig at you once in a while. 
That's that's fair. That's understandable. I mean, uh, New England's plus. Now I'm hearing all these rumors that Matt Petrucci, yes, the Matt Petrucci is going to be the offensive coordinator in Foxborough this season. What? What? Yeah, I, you know, I have to, uh, I have to go and cross the uh, New England Patriots off of my list to uh, to talk about for this segment. But yeah, Matt Patricia is not the guy to be a calling. You know, it's the Patriots mess. I mean, it, it it makes me feel all sorts of joy and happiness to be able to talk about it. But you know, first of all, Mac Jones is not as good as he's not very good at all at this moment in time. I mean, you can talk about the future and his development and all of that, and the Bill Belichick to be able to to, to turn into a quarterback. I don't, I'm not worried about that. I'm saying right now, Mac Jones is not a very good quarterback. He's one of the most overrated players in the NFL last season. You know, they went on that big win streak, and I think kind of people kind of forgot about how Mac Jones was playing football and about how, I mean, to be able to win a, a, a football game with one completed pass is something uh, by itself. But, you know, I think, I think the offseason moves that they made, the players they lost, obviously you mentioned J.C. Jackson is a big one, but – I'm going into. I'm taking your team again. Apparently, I'm just going to go with it. But uh, I will. I'll, I will switch it up. Actually, the uh, and it's it's the team that we were just talking about as well. The Seattle Seahawks. I don't. I mean, you you obviously you know Russell Wilson has been talking about a move or, or rumblings, rumors have been talking about a move uh, uh, about him leaving Seattle for a couple seasons now. It's been kind of brought up in, in the hush hush of the NFL offseason. Finally happens and the Seattle Seahawks seem like they had no plan for it. I mean to be able to bring in Drew Locke, is Drew Locke the worst quarterback in the NFL? I would say no. Is he bottom half bottom tier quarterback in the NFL? I would say yes. And the fact that they didn't look, I mean, obviously the Deshaun Watson situation was kind of a mess and I don't blame teams for wanting to stay away from that, which it seems like the Browns are learning why they maybe shouldn't have uh, kind of gone, gone to that sweepstakes. But I just, Drew Locke is not the answer in Seattle. Uh, obviously DK Metcalf, they're going to be, they're going to have to, if they want to keep him, which they really should because he's the best player on their team, they're going to have to give him the bag coming up very shortly. So you're going to give all this money to, to DK Metcalf. You have Drew Locke as your start, starting quarterback. You really don't have the salary cap to be able to, to bring in a, a, an Aaron Rodgers-type superstar or something like that. What is the Seattle Seahawks plan going forward? I mean, Pete Carroll's a great head coach. He's a Super Bowl-winning coach. He's, he's been able to keep that Seattle Seahawks franchise afloat. Um, but not, not afloat. I mean, they've been, they've been one of the better programs in the NFL over the last decade. But... I just, it seems like the time had finally come from Russell for Russell Wilson to move on. And it just seems like the Seattle Seahawks, Seahawks have no plan on what to do after that. So, you know, I definitely agree with you on the Patriots. I think um, they really regressed this offseason, but the Seattle Seahawks, I don't see them contending for anything for uh, quite a bit of time. Except the number one pick. Yeah, there you go. So, Alex, uh, which injured player making a, his return this year will have a big impact on the 2022 season? I mean, 
There's one very, very obvious answer that I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about. Uh, Derek Henry obviously is the guy, uh, is the answer for this question. But, you know, everyone knows what Derek Henry is, who he is, what he can provide for a team. So I'm going to go stick with the same position, um, but go with uh, a different, a slightly different direction. I think J.K. Dobbins could be in line for, for a big season. You know, the, uh, the Baltimore Ravens, had a extremely disappointing season last year, finishing eight and nine. I mean, in that division, the Steelers, Big Ben was on his last legs. The Browns were really average. Um, and then obviously uh, the Bengals were, were a Super Bowl team. But I mean, the Ravens went into the last season expecting to win that division and, and planning on winning that division. And um, things obviously didn't quite go their way. Lamar Jackson was banged up a little bit. He was doesn't have the best season but losing J.K. Dobbins was was definitely a big loss for them the man is a very talented running back and I think um him coming back and and hopefully being able to have a full season uh staying healthy J.K. Dobbins could definitely be in line to really help the the Baltimore Ravens compete with uh with the new clear-cut leaders of that division Cincinnati Bengals I mean the Pittsburgh Steelers are definitely regressing the Browns who knows what's going to happen with this Deshaun Watson situation? But the uh, the Baltimore Ravens, I mean, they they went through a running back carousel last season, and to be able to have uh, J.K. Dobbins healthy coming up in this season is going to be huge for them, uh, and for for uh, the opportunity of knocking off the Cincinnati Bengals for that AFC North title. Interesting, because it seemed like Baltimore went through more running backs in one year than college teams go through in five years. Yeah. Which is not good. Not good at all. Uh, you've got that one guy jumping out. You've got one guy coming off the torn, torn Achilles. How about uh, Mr. Cam Akers? Good one. Because if you look at it, Cam Akers towards Achilles late July, early August last year, came back playing the Super Bowl. He played in the playoffs. Yeah. How do you come what back off the torn Achilles and play in the postseason? Uh, ankles of, of steel, maybe? Modern medicine. Modern medicine? I guess you're right about that. I mean, but uh, the fact he came back obviously missed basically the whole regular season. But we we know how good LA's offense is with Stafford, with Cooper Cup, with Allen Robinson, Higby, potentially owned up Beckham, Van Jefferson. But in Sean McVay's offense, a good running game can make anything better. Because guess what? Even though everybody says he wants to throw the ball, guess what? I'm just saying, it helps to have a good running game, right? Because that means Stafford's not ending up on his you-know-what. The defense isn't on the field. It's everybody's Fletcher. And you know what? The offensive linemen love because they don't have, because they don't have to defend uh, Nick Bosa or, who, or some of those top guys. You imagine if, some, if your running game's poop and all of a sudden you get – Khalil Mack on one side and Joey Bolts on the other all afternoon. Yikes. Cam Akers makes the LA Rams different. Because if you have because think back to 2020, when Cam Akers, you could argue, 
was the best, may have been the best running back outside Leonard Fournette in the playoffs. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I mean, I think Cam Akers is definitely a good shot. I mean, you, we, we've been talking a lot about the, the Cincinnati Bengals. We haven't talked much about the, the Rams this, uh, in this show. I mean, you got to think, I mean, with that, the, the LA Rams, we know is a stacked team. I mean, Aaron Donald just got a massive extension. It, there's, there's the Super Bowl reigning team, we're champion. I mean, it's, it's an easy team to bet on going into the 2022 season. But the one question mark that you really see from that offense is, is that running game. Because Cam Akers, we know he has the talent. I mean, he was a, a, a ridiculous talent when he was at F, FSU in college. He was, he was really highly touted coming in the NFL. Had some injury problems, you know, with a little bit of a uh, of a congested running back room there a little bit. There was no one really taking that step forward until that playoffs when he really showed that uh, he could be the guy to lead the L.A. Rams uh, in that running back room. But I definitely think that, like you said, I mean, Matt, Matt Stafford, you know what they have in Cooper Cup and Tyler Higby, Allen Robinson coming in. But that running game, it's 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 imperative to be able to to keep offense uh, defenses honest. I mean, and I think Cam Akers is definitely he's got the talent to be able to do it. Uh, he's got you know the, the football knowledge. He's got the football IQ. He's got all the ability in the world. It's just with these. I mean, it's something we talk about with running backs every year. If it, it, you're you're useless if you're not on the field. So availability is your best ability. And uh, Cam Akers has to uh, be able to make sure that he's on the field for 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21 games this season. Because we know the LA Rams. I mean, they're in it to win it again. Uh, we're expecting a playoff run. We're expecting a, a Super Bowl contending team from them. And without a run game, that's not going to happen. But uh, let's move on. Uh, we've uh, talked about some winners of the offseason. We've talked about some losers of the offseason. We've talked about some injured players making returns. I want to talk about a head co head coaches. You know, it's the it's the engine of of these teams. It's what brings everything together. And uh, some teams are in better positions than others, as we've already said. I want to hear about a head coach that he's really got to be on his A game this year because uh, his seat might be getting a little bit warm. Frank Wright. I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. Frank Wright. Frank Wright. All right. I can't believe I'm calling Frank Wright on the hot seat, but uh, to be honest, I don't think I don't think Jim Irsay, I don't think Mr. Irsay liked the end of the Indianapolis Colts season where you could argue Indy uh, gave away a playoff spot with two pitiful games, one against the Las Vegas Raiders and one against it in a city where they cannot win, apparently. No. That being Jacksonville, Florida. Yep. A team you know very well. Mm, yeah. And uh, while people want to blame, right, for what happened with Colston Wentz, I think Colston Wentz actually played really well last, last year. Indianapolis's problem was the offensive line degraded. You could argue Quinn and Nelson, Delvin Fentries allowed the Eric Fisher look like a shell of himself. And Indianapolis's offensive line just all of a sudden went from the best in the league to Lord knows who was playing every single week. Yeah, yeah and, and I mean when you have a run, yep. And this year the Colts, the Colts sent Colson Wentz packing and added uh, Manny Ice, Matt Ryan. 
And while Matt Ryan's probably past his prime, I still think he's got some football left. I mean, I'm in, I am intrigued by what the Colts have. Obviously, we know Jonathan Taylor's probably the best running back in football. We know what Michael Pittman Jr. can do. We know what some of these guys can do. Hopefully, the Colts stay healthy this year because mm-hmm. I think the AFC South is wide open, particularly with Tennessee losing A.J. Brown, the Texans. Lord knows what's going to happen with Davis Mills, and Lord knows what's going to happen with Jacksonville. Now that Urban, I'm not going to say his last name's out of there, but if the Indianapolis Colts do not win this year, Frank Wright will be fired. 100%. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And I mean, like like you're saying, with, with an offense or with a with a running back in Jonathan Taylor that you have, who's clearly, I mean, he was the number one fantasy football running back last season. I think he's we'll get into some fantasy football running back stuff in a second. But um, you know, you can't have a regression on the offensive line. I've been a Matt, I've been a big Matt Ryan fan throughout his entire career. You know, I, I always had a strange affinity towards Boston College. So uh obviously with him uh coming out of the NFL from there. Never really had any problems with the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, they're an NFC team. So I've always just been a Matt Ryan fan. However, Matt Ryan's been in the league for, for quite a long time. I mean, I feel like this is a good situation for him with what you would like to think is, is, a, is a solid offensive line, a great running game, a decent, a pretty solid to decent defense uh, to support you on the other side. Now, again, does Frank Reich have what it takes to make that to keep to ensure that that team's a winning football team? But, you know, I'm not 100% sold on Matt Ryan going into this season. I think, like you said, I mean, I think he is a little bit past his prime, but he is in a situation. I mean, he's got some talent at the receiver position. Michael Pittman is a budding star. Um, So I I think he's in a good situation. But I want to switch over to a head coach who is in a similar situation as Frank Reich in Indianapolis. You got you bringing in a new quarterback and. You got some problems around the team. I think Ron Rivera with the Washington football team. I mean, the Carson or commanders or whatever they're called now or Washington commanders. That's right. I forget. Uh, Carson Wentz is what's a good word to describe Carson Wentz. Um, (laughs) Lots of average. Yeah. I mean, you never know what you're going to get. Exactly. I think, um, you know, I don't think the Washington football team is solid enough in all phases of the game to really be able to save uh, Ron Rivera if Carson Wentz isn't the first, second year Carson Wentz that we saw where he was breaking six tackles and launching the ball down the field. I mean, it seems like, unfortunately, he's made of glass. (laughs) And um, I don't think Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, uh, Chase Young, I mean, they've got some names on that team, but it just doesn't really seem to me like a, a, a unit that is really going to be able to come together and, and win a significant enough amount of football games with Carson Wentz as their quarterback or whoever ends up being their quarterback when he inevitably goes down. So I think Ron Rivera's got a lot of work to do. I think Ron Rivera is a fantastic man uh, outside of the game of football. I think he's a great football coach. But I don't know if it's going if he is going to be able to get this team to win enough games uh, to be able to keep his job because 
it's just it's un, uh, unfortunate for him but it's I think it's more of the Redskins than it is Ron Rivera himself but sometimes you just need a change and I and I just don't know if uh if the Washington commanders are going to be able to make enough progress and, and, and do enough to really uh, see what they have as, as the future. So I'm, I'm going to say, unfortunately for Ron Rivera, he's a great guy. You know, he's obviously gone through a lot in his, uh, in his personal life, but um, I'm not sure. He's, he's got a lot of work to do going up into this upcoming season. Also, Kevin Stefanski, I think, is uh, just just a quick little shout out. I mean, this Deshaun Watson situation is is we don't we still have no we thought we knew what was going on. We have no idea what's going on with this with this situation here. But obviously, Baker Mayfield is not going to be playing football for the Cleveland Browns. So if Deshaun Watson isn't, it's going to be uh, quite an interesting season for them this year. Jacoby Brissett under center. I'll tell you what, Cleveland Browns fans, if there's any Cleveland Browns fans watching this, you're going to love the man on third and fourth and one. Other than that, not so much. But um, let's move on to, uh, I think, our last segment of the show today. Um, we've got, uh, obviously, with with the NFL season coming up, that means fantasy football is coming up. And, uh, you know, the biggest first-round uh, player you're looking for is running backs. And uh, I want to know, Who's your favorite PPR running back this season going into uh, going into draft day coming up? I may surprise you a little bit with my answer. It's not John and Taylor. It's not John and Taylor. It's not it's DeAndre Swift. Oh no, Dylan, you took my answer. All right. Well, tell the people everything I was just about to tell them. Well, one. You know, Jared Goff can't throw the ball more than three yards downfield. So guess what? DeAndre Swift's going to – DeAndre Swift could get six to eight balls a game. Secondly, I think the Detroit Lions have got a really fun, entertaining offense. I look at T.J. Hawkson, tight end, Jameson Williams, draft – and, just, and uh, one of last year's fantasy darlings, uh, Amon St. Brown. Is that, is that what his name is? Amon St. Brown. Whatever his name is. And then draft it and then sign my guy DJ Chalk in the offseason. And I really think DeAndre Swift can be a top two or three running back this year. I love his dual threat ability. Brings plenty of upside on that fast auto fixture surface in the toy. Plus, why? Well, I feel like the Detroit Lions are not ready to contend this year. If they're behind a lot of teams, guess what? That means Jared Goff will be throwing. And guess what? If he's throwing, then he'll be throwing balls to DeAndre Swift. And if DeAndre Swift's catching balls, bingo. Absolutely. You know, I I absolutely agree with you. I think DeAndre Swift isn't is one of the most promising fantasy football running backs this year. He's I'm, I'm going to touch a little bit on this because there's a couple points I really wanted to, uh, to play on this, but I do have another guy. So I'm going to try and make this quick, but Deandre Swift, if you look at the majority of the RB ones from previous seasons, you're going to find guys on teams with an above average offensive line, a below average quarterback play and not a whole lot of weapons on offense. I mean, you look at the at the Detroit Lions. Yes, they have TJ Hawkins, and yes, they have Amon Ross St. Brown. Yes, they have DJ Chark, but there's not a guy there. 
TJ, uh, TJ Hawkinson, I would probably say would be the closest thing they have to that. But DeAndre Swift is the best player on that Detroit Lions offense. It's not even close. The offensive line, I don't know a whole lot about the Detroit Lions offense line, to be honest. But I mean, the, another big, but another big factor I see with DeAndre Swift is some people call him injury prone. But if you look at his injuries, he had a concussion, he had a concussion, he had a groin sprain, I believe he had a shoulder injury. It's not the hamstrings, it's not the quads, it's not the ankles, it's not the Achilles that really that you really see that really deteriorates running back. The, or the knee. I, or the knee, exactly. DeAndre Swift, I mean, it if he can stay healthy, which I really do, like I mean, like I just said, that those are kind of out outside the box injuries that really don't have long-term effects on a running back's health if he can if he can stay healthy I think he is definitely at least a top five running back but another guy I want to talk on touch on just because you took my guy I think Aaron Jones has the potential to have a monster fantasy football season this year I mean I saw the stat earlier today I want to say that Aaron Jones when Devontae Adams was not playing, averages 29.3 fantasy points a game, which would which would be good enough for uh, number one overall in fantasy uh, football last season. Obviously, Devontae Adams is no longer with the Green Bay, Green Bay Packers. He's with Derek Carr and the Las Vegas Raiders. And I think Aaron Jones could be a very, very, not even could be, will be a very massive part of that uh, Green Bay Packers offense. They, it's Aaron Rodgers. You know they love throwing the ball. A.J. Dillon is there, yes, and A.J. Dillon will. Unfortunately, I mean, if, if A.J. Dillon wasn't there, Aaron Jones would probably be a top three pick in fantasy football, in my opinion. But even with A.J. Dillon, uh, Aaron Jones is a great uh, PPR receive, uh, receiving back. He's got a lot of potential, and he seems to be Aaron Rodgers' favorite target when Devontae Adams was out or not playing. So I think Aaron Jones, you know, the Green Bay Packers, are very happy to have Aaron Rodgers back. Obviously, losing Devontae Adams is, uh, hurts uh, hurts them a lot. But um, having having a running back like Aaron Jones, I think, is going to be – we're going to see a big year from Aaron Jones this year, especially in PPR formats. Uh, you're right. You're right about Aaron Jones because without Devontae Adams, I mean, who's Aaron Rodgers going to go throw to himself? It might be the Aaron, yeah. the Aaron show. Yeah. Just it? You, you're, you're, a, you're a football uh, genius, I would say. Speaking of, you know, just random trivia that popped in my head. Was it true? I believe it was. Speaking of Green Bay quarterbacks, Brett Favre, his very first completed pass. Was himself. There we go. All right. I just thought I, I, I thought that was a, a football trivia that I had heard a long time ago, and I knew you would know the answer to that. So I'm glad, I'm glad we were able to loop that back in there. <laughs> Yeah, why can't we have Jan Patrick's celebrity uh, sports jeopardy? Yeah, now, that'd be fun. You're right. So thanks for hopping on, Alex. Uh, can't can't wait to start up the divisional breakdown next week. Are you ready for, for your divisional knowledge breakdown and uh, figuring out which teams are going to win and which teams uh, will be uh, in the summer? Absolutely, man. We've gotten through free agency. We've gotten through the draft. We've got the NFL schedule release, and we're getting closer and we're getting closer. It's time to really break break down. Uh, I, I'm, I'm excited. We're going to break down each division and really see uh, see what we've got coming for this upcoming season. I can't wait.
thank you for having me on again, Dylan. It's always a pleasure. I have a blast talking to you. And, uh, you know, Denzel.